Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best life every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Brunch and Slay podcast. I am your host, Amira Sane, founder of BAS Media and Brunch and Slay, which is a lifestyle brand that I birthed and created to help women connect and live their best life unapologetically, every walk, every area. And the beautiful thing about this podcast is we started out with just a little girl with a dream, and we have created a platform where we continue to connect with women who are out here shining and who are disrupting their space. I like to call them disruptors and who are building legacies and empires and helping heal hearts and everything you can think of. They've been on the show. So I'm, I'm completely overwhelmed today with joy because it's just been a fantastic month and we continue to surprise me every week and every day as I continue to reach out to you guys. So thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening to the show, I hope you enjoy. I hope you share what your feelings and your emotions and review and subscribe. And if you are back and you listen and you subscribe, Hey girl. Hey, I appreciate you. You know, I do because you hear me say it every week. So this week's show is a real I don't know. It's just, I feel like I just went up to the next level. Like I just took a step on the right path when I, when I connected with this woman's publicist, I'll say that because she is that fancy. <laughs> when I connected with her, I thought, okay, Mira, you must be doing something right. Uh, because I'm sure that brand and this, 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 and you'll know why in a second, I'm sure they wouldn't align with someone who was just throwing something on the wall and hoping it would stick. So today I am saying toot, toot, to all you girl bosses out there and women who are building, who know that you're operating excellence and will not settle for anything less, I'm tooting your horn and mine and saying keep pushing, keep striving because people know and people are paying attention. So that's enough of my soapbox. Today we have a true creative and innovative woman who is the founder of Restoration House, a blog with a home life and inspiration focus, which I am feeling, you guys know I am Zen queen. So everything that her brand stands for is what I can roll around with and put on a blanket and wear every day. Uh, she is an author of a brand new book coming out called, of course, Restoration House. Welcome to the show, Miss Kanisha Bikes. Hello, Kanisha. Yeah, Mira, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm 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 so happy to have you here, and uh, I'm just giddy as a schoolgirl. So tell us about this journey. We're going to just dive in. I want to know. So I want to just kind of give people a little bit, and I and I know I won't do it the justice that you have. But guys, this is definitely a platform you want to go and follow when you're not driving. Go ahead and head over to her website. She's going to give you all the details on where to find it. But if you love looking at beautiful things, I'm sure you do because I know you. Have an Instagram page, uh, then you're gonna love what Kanisha has created. So, Kanisha Restoration House has a beautiful message behind it. I'd love to know where the inspiration came from to even start the the platform. Yeah. So, Restoration House really, you know, I I usually when people ask that question, I say, Oh, Restoration House. The blog started, you know, 11 years ago, but. Um, when I think a little, a bit more deeply about that restoration house started 
40 years ago, which is how old I am. Um, Restoration House started, um, you know, with my grandmother, who um, was really the cornerstone of my life and just my rearing. Um, my mother, of course, was around, but just was really dealt a lot with a lot of health issues. So um, she wasn't able to give as much as she would have been um, able to had she been healthy. So when I say, when you ask me, when did, how did this all start? Um, it started with my grandmother who taught me the meaning of generosity. Um, I remember growing up and watching her, you know, go bake because she wouldn't have a lot of money. She didn't have a lot of money. So she would use what she had and she would, um, you know, bake. Literally, she would spend the day, the entire day baking for people, for other people, not just for us, for the people in the house with her, but for other people. And if they were sick or she just wanted to bless them or whatever, she would just take them cakes or take them food. She would make, we're from the South, from Alabama. So she'd literally make cornbread and collard greens and like take them to people. And I, she'd make me go with her. And at the time, of course, I hated it. Um, but looking back on those things, I associate that with the begin, beginning of Restoration House because I think it, it just has so built upon what I stand for today, which is community um, and really um, leaning into um, connecting with other people, whether that's people that are in my direct um, community or whether that's people that I um, have gathered community, community with online. Um, and so we, we really focus on um, building that community, on sharing the message of hope um, and that message that says that we're not meant to do life alone and that the center of that has been over the past 11 years, really a focus on home. And that has come through uh, my creative talents and gifts, if you will, um, of just the visual. So, um, you know, styling and tablescaping and all the things that are so near and dear to me um, that again, I feel like there were, there were glimpses of those things that I gravitated toward when I was younger that now I'm able to kind of flourish in. Wow. So were you, and I'm going to ask a ton of questions because I'm just, I really, really love your brand. Were you always a writer or was it design and you're a designer who writes or are you a writer who designs? Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. I wrote a, um, that's a funny question because I wrote a blog post, I don't know, maybe about, maybe a little less than two months ago that the title of it was, I am not a designer. And so in the, in the post, I obviously expound on what that means. And um, I, I feel like I'm the kind of person, okay, so I don't know if you're into like Enneagram, are you familiar with that, the whole Enneagram personality testing, and there's, you know, I think it goes from like one to eight, and you can be anywhere from a one, two, three, four, whatever, I'm a seven, so sevens are typically more um, free-spirited, and typically creatives kind of fall into that category, so I, I am not, I am not the one to really kind of put myself in a box in that way. Like I'm not, I would never call, I would, I never called myself a designer because I feel like I'm so much more than that, obviously. But writing has always been a part of my life. I can remember I was an only child for starters. So I had to figure out what I was going to do with my space and my time. So I found that reading and writing was something for me that really um, grounded me. Our, my life um, in many ways was very traumatic. There were a lot of things that were bad that happened to me when I was younger. Um, so I feel like, you know, now as, at a, as a 40 year old woman, I look back and I'm like, oh, those are the ways that I use that, that you know, those are things that I use to cope and to really um, as therapy for me. So art, writing, reading, all those things were really therapy for me. They still are in, in a lot of ways, but I'm in a much more healthy space. Um, so I've always written, 
Um, and, and so I always say, yeah, I'm a creative, but that creativity, depending on the season, takes on different shapes and forms. Restoration House started 11 years ago. Um, the business side of Restoration House, anyway, started out with me restoring furniture. And that's really essentially where the name Restoration House came from. I restored furniture for about five or six years. And um, so at that time, because I had three little kids, they were five, five and under, which is crazy to even think about. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I needed something that I could do that made me feel like more than just a mom. So I started painting furniture and it was a way for me to connect, you know, with my faith and with God and commune with him. And so that gave me life. And I'm like, not only is this feeding my physical body, but it's feeding my spiritual body. So um, that, that was impactful for me. So I held on to that for a little while. So I guess to answer your question <laughs> in short <laughs> or in long, not me, not trying to be long, but um, I, I would consider myself always a writer or even more so always a creative. I, I feel like I, I would never want to limit what my, what my mind thinks I can do um, in, in, lines, in the lines of creativity, if that makes sense. So. Of course. Yeah. I, I, I don't like to put people in exactly one box because I think we're you know, multifaceted and multilayered. And I think um, you just even telling that part of your story, I, I enjoy that you share that you started out uh, rest- restoring furniture and now you are totally in another direction. So let's talk about that pivot because a lot of times we've been talking about pivots a lot this la- this year. And a lot of times, you know, you start out with one thing and one idea and you really truly think that that's what it is. But you also mentioned another word I love is seasons, you know, and that season in that moment, that was what, that was your space and you have evolved. So let's talk about that. What, what yeah. led that and how you transitioned. So, um, about five, well, five years ago this year, my mother uh, passed away in December. And that was a extremely crazy time, as anyone could imagine. Losing, um, you know, anyone is, is just heartbreaking, but obviously losing a parent is like another level of grief. So I essentially uh, just stopped doing everything creative. Honestly, I kind of stopped living, like if I'm super honest about that. Um, it was a really, really, really um, heavy grieving time for me, period for me. So that lasted about a year. I didn't blog. I didn't write. I didn't, uh, I didn't paint. I didn't do anything. I literally shut everything down. And then I would say about a year and a half after that, I was on Instagram scrolling, scrolling, scrolling as we do and uh, happened upon a friend's feed and for whatever reason at that time, it really just spoke to me. I, I realized her, her picture, it, it was literally like, if you can imagine, just visualize all of the color being gone out of everything around you, your surroundings and what you see, and then having a slow bleed, if you will, of color kind of seeping back in. And then all of a sudden there was just breath and there was life again. There was imagination again. Um, there were healthy thoughts again. Uh, and so that, at that time, I, that day, or actually the next day, I ended up um, writing up my first blog post again. So I, I, again, remember I hadn't blogged in over a year and a half, which was really a long time for me because I was blogging at that point, you know, before my mom passed about two, three, four days a week. Um, so I, I just shared my story of grief, what had been going on over the past year, uh, how I dealt with my mom, how I'd been dealing with my mom's passing, and really feeling um, like there should there needed to be a shift, and so that's really honestly where I think that pivot began. It wasn't you know 
that something that I chose, you know, you know, like I think sometimes we go through seasons and um, we are anticipating or feeling like we need a change. And for me, it wasn't, I didn't make that choice. <laughs> I didn't, it was forced upon me because of my mother's death. Right. So, so that pivot happened um, very much. Um, it wasn't an intentional pivot, but it was something that I had to learn how to embrace. And I think that's really even some of the hardest seasons that we could go through. And I think that was what that was for me. It was just learning to sit in it and rest and just know that things were going to, I was going to come out of it. Um, having that assurance in me that, that I was going to come out of it. So during the darkness, you felt, you knew that it was temporary. Yes. Right. Yeah. It just, there was just something in me. I mean, for me, it was definitely, you know, God just reminding me that, everything was going to be fine. And, and honestly, I think even practically speaking, um, you just, if you live life long enough, you just know that trouble doesn't last always. I'm trying, I was trying not to say that, not to be super cliche. I'm like, here we go. We're like South, like, you know, deep South here, but, but it, it's the truth. Like if you live life long enough, you realize like there, life comes in seasons and bad things happen and good things happen. And if you live long enough, you see enough good things to realize the bad things or the good things overshadow the bad things mostly. So, and I've had a lot of bad things happen in my life um, from a young age. So I, there was just this assurance that I had that everything was going to be okay. Right. So your faith muscle was strong and, yeah. you know, don't, I'm trying to get us to stop you know, demeaning, or I won't, I won't say demeaning because I'm not trying to chastise you, but saying things like this is cliche because there's a reason why people still say that. Like, yeah. as soon as you say that, I remember the old song, I'm so glad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Trouble don't last our ways. That just came to me right then. But mm -hmm. this too shall pass. All of those things are, the people say it for a reason. Yeah. And, True. you know, mantras, I don't care what perspective, what you believe in, there are some things that are just clear, undisputed, period. And yep. that, is, that, is, that is one. This too shall pass. I keep on breathing another day. And my, my, my biggest thing nowadays is just to remember, you know, that we are not exempt from pain. I don't care how much good you put out there, how kind you are. We are not exempt from real life. And uh, it sneaks up on you and it, it also evolves you. That's how you grow. Sometimes we have to be pushed because we will not listen to the signs. <laughs> And literally that's I feel like that's exactly what happened with me it was like you know I used the word forced I was forced into rest and even though unfortunately it came not that now God didn't make my mother die that would be right right for me to consider that in that way but but it was something that happened and and it was like I had a choice at that time either I was going to allow that to consume me and to wallow in that or I was going to allow that season of rest to really grow something in me um, that I think that we all um, are experiencing today. So, yeah. Yeah, and look at what is birth, guys. So you kind of heard me allude to, um, you know, Kanisha and her, her excellence, but she is actually uh, has her book coming out. When is the book coming out, Kanisha? The book comes out on April 30th. All right, so very soon, very soon. And guys, I'm going to... Forgive me if you hear this after, after April 30th, you know how we roll. <laughs> uh, and that's just true, but that doesn't mean you can't go purchase it. But she is published by HarperCollins. And if you are a reader like me, you know that that is a prestigious publishing house. Okay. So 
you know, HarperCollins is not cutting corners. They are, their reputation speaks for itself. So I have to know about that journey. How does a girl from Alabama ah, with yes. a dream, yes. you know, who grandma cooked collard greens and cornbread, <laughs> how does she get to HarperCollins? Let's talk about it. Yeah, I'm like, speak on it. Grandma, <laughs> Alabama, collard greens. That's like, that's all you need. Who, what else do you need? <laughs> uh, or Meemaw. We didn't, we didn't call her grandma. She was Meemaw. Oh, you, um, you're a real country. <laughs> Papa and Meemaw. Like, they, they, that's real. Nobody calls them grandma. We don't do that. Um, but how did that happen? So two years ago, I got an email from my friend Molly. She's my friend now. She wasn't my friend then. Um, who was one of the editors over at HarperCollins and who said, I mean, it was the shortest email I think I've ever received. She said, hi, my name is Molly. I'm a so-and-so at HarperCollins. Follow your blog. Love your writing. Have you ever considered writing a book? That was the end of the email. If, you, if, you're, if you're interested, let's talk. Essentially, that was her message to me. Wow. So it took me 24 hours to respond because I kind of needed to gather myself. Um, here's the thing, something that I don't share super often in this story, but I feel like it's really key and important for me to share in this moment, is that when my mother passed, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, where a, a large portion of my family lives. It's also where I, I literally grew up there every summer going from like the age of six to like 18, 19 years old. It's my second home. So I was at my aunt's house. Um, my husband comes back in. I was on a Sunday morning. I needed to rest because we'd been traveling from Seattle to Atlanta. And he said, I'll take the kids. I will go to church and you just rest. So <clears throat> I was doing that. He comes back in 30 minutes later and with this, you know, solemn look. And I'm like, what happened? And something in me just knew my mom because she, she, she had been sick for years. So, and we were supposed to see her the next day. It was, it was just a mess. So she, he shares the news with me. Of course, I begin to grieve that, you know, what had happened and the news that he shared. And um, so I go upstairs into my, from, in my hut's house, the guest room we were sleeping in, and I'm, you know, again, grieving, crying out to God, crying, mad, angry, all the emotions, right? If you've ever lost someone, you know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. um, and, and at that moment, I re remember sensing that I was hearing the audible voice of God, is what I call it, and him saying, this is going to be part of your story. You're going to write a book. So here's the thing that sounds really silly. And it sounded really insane to me at that time. Like it still sounds crazy. Um, because number one, are you kidding me? Why is this something I need to know right now? First of all, I'm grieving my mother. I just lost my mom. Is this really like, I don't even, why am I, or, or even just struggling with that thought. Why am I thinking this? Like, no, that's a really random thought. Why would I be thinking that? Like, I don't even care about a book, you know? So tucking that away, really not sharing that with anyone except for my husband and just moving on with life. Those years, like a couple, almost three years passed, then Molly emails and she says, have you ever thought of writing a book? Well, I said no, but I literally, when she emailed and she asked that question, I'd forgotten all about that moment, but it came back to me instantly. God, why did you, why, can you help me understand this? Because I don't understand why that would seem so rude. <laughs> you know, like, why would you share that with me in that moment? And, and then he's like, would you remember that I told you? If you think about it, it was such a, it was such a, um, there, there would be no other time in my life that he would share something like that with me that I would remember that he said it, unless it, unless it was something 
and a, and a moment that would be so jolting, right? Like the contrast between the two of those things is something I will never forget. Here I am grieving my mother and he's sharing with me, my promises remain, my promises are true. So, so I share that because I think it's a really important part of even like this process for me with this book, a lot of people think, oh, how cool, you know, like you wrote a book, you're writing a book and you're with Harper and all those things. And all of those things are wonderful and amazing. I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm so thankful for it. But um, there's so much more to the story. And, and, and the thing about it is for me is I have to continue to remind myself that I didn't start this. Like Molly initiated it before she, but before she did, God did. So, so Molly emails me and she says this, I respond to her saying, let's talk. And that's kind of where the ball really started rolling. And I have never done this before. This is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. I think also people should hear that as well. People that want to write books, you know, that, that, you know, I think that we look at that life for whatever reason, and we attach celebrity to it and there can be, but it's really hard. I mean, you're putting everything you have and you will, because it's, it's a, a, a work from your hands. So you're putting everything that you have into it wholeheartedly. You're pouring everything into it. And it is, it is hard. <laughs> um, so that is where, that is where all of that started and how the ball got rolling on writing the book. And then here we are now, of course, two years later, um, and we published the book and, and honestly, I have not been excited. I was not excited until a few months ago about it. I think part of it was just because there's all this uh, fear, if you will, of are people going to accept it? What are they going to think about the message? Did I spell something wrong? Uh, Oh, shoot, I should have put that word here or that picture here. Or, you know, there's just, especially as a creative, anyone who's a creative can understand that as well. Um, It's kind of like fighting all those things, but choosing to be excited, choosing to believe the best. yeah, that was my personal experience, though. It doesn't mean that it's every, it will be everyone's experience. Or if you talk to someone else who's had something similar happen, it could be different for them. But for me, that's, that's what it's been. But I am excited now, and that's the best part. <laughs> More Brunch and Slay after this. Hey, you fabulous powerhouses. Having you support the podcast by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing is awesome. And it's made each episode reach more and more people every week. But did you know that as a listener-supported show, we rely on you to keep these wheels turning? And for as little as $1 a month, you help me keep giving you great content and even better guests. And yes, ma'am, you heard that right. For only $12 a year, you support the dream. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash brunch and slay. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash brunch and slay. And now back to Brunch and Slay. No, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. You know, I would say what my mom always says is, you know, favor ain't fair. And uh, wow. That's, I mean, literally I'm listening to your story and thank you for sharing it. I think it's important for people to see every angle. And sometimes we hear, and I love that you share that you question, am I hearing this for real? Am I saying this to myself? Because we've all had that voice and you know, you heard it clear as day. And you start to question, you want to talk yourself out of your destiny. (laughs) Yeah. Is this me or is this you, God? Because I I know your voice, but right now I don't feel like I do. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that that's amazing. And um, wow, I know you guys definitely want to get your hands on the book. And it's beautifully curated. I have seen it, guys. It is not for you guys, I'm, you know, who don't read a lot of, I guess, non-picture books. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> this is an excellent gift. It's a great coffee table book. I cannot wait wait to get the physical copy. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's really lovely. So let's talk about you know your sense of community and why it was important to you to truly focus on building a community. So with my grandmother, obviously we you know talked about that and how she unknowingly taught me how to build community. And then I think. Um, very seasonally because Larry was in the military and I always say Larry and then I correct myself because we were all in the military we all moved every three years we all sacrificed um so so we were military family for 10 years and that also taught me um another level of community honestly so when we were in Hawaii I I was forced into community Larry um out of 10 years he was only gone are deployed for one year, which is amazing. That usually doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Afghanistan for not a year, he'll say, he's like, I was only gone for 10 months. I'm like, listen, I had three kids in Hawaii by myself away from everyone I knew. It was a year. <laughs> so he was gone for, you know, an extended amount of time. And so I was forced into community. I was forced to have people come and clean my house, keep my babies, you know, bring me food. Um, when I had so pride, prided myself on being this independent woman, right? So people begin to kind of force themselves um, into my life. And, but I didn't want it, but I wanted it. You know, like how we think we don't want mm-hmm. something. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. That was my life at that, at that time. And then we leave Hawaii and we move to Seattle. And um, Seattle is the antithesis of Hawaii. It is the most uh, one of the most, uh, compared to the South and compared to Hawaii, it is one of the most uh, unrelationship, <laughs> that's not even a word, but we're going to make it one, <laughs> um, places I have ever lived. Because uh, just, you know, the emphasis on certain things are, are much larger here, you know, like career and people are, you know, there's a reason that there's a term that everyone has coined uh, called the Seattle chill. It's a real thing. People don't want to deal with people. They want to be by themselves. They don't want to be bothered with you. Um, so I had to kind of like learn how to build community and um, what I wanted to do. And I think what our nature, what our human nature wants to do all the time is really isolate. You know, when we're going through times, tough seasons, we want to pull away. We want to pull back and we want to isolate. But um, what, our, what our soul really needs and what um, our spirit is begging for is really a connection to other people. So the way that I found um, was the easiest way for me to do that. And what I believe um, God wants to redeem, if you will, and restore is uh, doing that through home. And um, the way I relate that is that if we look at, you know, scripture and you look at Genesis and you think about the garden of Eden and you look at um, Adam and Eve and, and the garden of Eden itself, that was a home for them. And God created that. And if you think about it even more, if you, if you read scripture, you know, even if you don't like just pull it up on Google and see what I'm talking about. But, um, but if you look at that, you can see that God, he literally, the garden had everything they needed, you know, and it had all the food, it had provision in every single area. Nothing was no, there was no lack anywhere. And so I, 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 I think there's a really strong parallel there between that picture and the picture of home and our homes are supposed to literally 
provide everything that we need. And when I say home, I don't mean our physical dwellings. I mean, the home of our hearts, what God is like, what God has placed inside of us. Cause no matter where we go for the bikes family, for my family, we carry the culture of our home everywhere we go. So even if we're not in the physical house that we live in, we're still at home. So, um, so for me, that's really how all of this began. Now that doesn't mean, now we're in a rental. We've been in rentals for 12 years now, which is crazy to think about. We are not in a permanent home. I just wrote a book about home. Um, and I'm still not in a permanent home, but I think it makes what I'm saying even more valid because I'm with, I've been there. I've been through the seasons where I feel like, you know, I don't have any friends where, you know, my babies are driving me crazy. And now my teenagers are driving me crazy and, um, where I want to hide and I don't want to connect. But when I do that, I feel the most dead and I do not feel alive. And when I, when I push past, I think when we push, when we choose, we make a conscious decision to push past what our soul, what our, what our minds are telling us is the right thing for us. And when we push past those things to say, Hey, wait, I know that I've been created to do life with other people and in community. And I have a lot to offer other people. And that God has given us a, that a space, even if you don't have, I mean, that we talk about this a lot in the book. It doesn't matter what your house looks like. It doesn't matter what the size is. It doesn't, none of that matters. Um, it's all about kind of just creating number one, getting to a place of contentment within yourself and also having that kind of pour out into your home. Because if, if you're in turmoil and your, your mind and your heart is in chaos, your home is going to be that way as well. So we got to get our, our minds right first, and then that will pour out into our homes and we'll be able to cre- kind of create spaces there as well that will reflect what's on the inside of us and uh, that will enable us to kind of build community from, from home. No, I love that. And I literally talking, I'd say I'm talking to myself, but I guess I usually I'm talking to God when I'm out there talking to myself. My daughter catches me all the time. She's like, what did you say? Oh, I wasn't talking to you, you know? (laughs) But I was, the other day I was literally saying, God, thank you for not listening to me because there was a time in my late twenties, early thirties that I completely said, you know, no new friends. My circle is tight. I'm good. I don't need anybody else in my life. Yep. And, um, (laughs) He knew better. You know, he literally separated me from everybody, made me feel a little lonely, Mm -hmm. made me, and Brunch and Slay was birthed from the distance, from being alone, from realizing that I'd grown up a little bit and the needs that I had then did not exist or they weren't the same. Um, And that's how I created this was because of a little bit of isolation, but at the same time, realizing that we all want that human connection and you want it on on a on an internal level it's not like you said it's not about this package or this facade it's about this human connection yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely okay so i really enjoy putting people on the spot but not in a bad way so don't get don't get scared (laughs) i'm gonna start a sentence and i want you to finish it okay? okay okay i can't believe oh man how much God has come through and I mean I I was gonna say blessed me but just how how good he is I mean I think that's a really good way to wrap all of that into one nice neat little package I cannot believe how good God is Mm, right it's like mind blown okay let's just stop fighting (laughs) 
Oh, you're after my heart. Yes. Lift one another up. Okay. In my dreams, I. Oh, I don't know. That's so hard. Why is that so hard? In my dreams, I am making changes. Hmm. So what kind of changes? Oh, no, no, no. That's not a one thing. <laughs> I think the easy answer is really through right now, through this book and through the yeah. conversations that are going, going to happen and, and, and start through this book and uh, kind of make some, some headway in changing the way people see themselves, their homes, and their communities. Love it. So... One of the things that's truly important to me um, about continuing to nurture our community of the Brunch and Slay tribe is to return the favor for people who go out of their way to pour into us, to share their journeys, to let us have hear something and know that we are not alone and wanted to pursue our dreams um, is to pour back into them. So I'd love to know what good vibes and prayers can we as the Brunch and Slay tribe send your way to help you along your journey. Oh, I think that the the biggest thing I need right now is really, I love that question, by the way. Well, um, thank you. <laughs> is really being able to walk confidently in the direction um, and the calling that God has placed in my life without apology, like unapologetically. And I know now I'm thinking that's part of what your mission is. So um, that's it. Like, I just want to do what I'm being asked to do with confidence and not worry about naysayers or haters or anything. Well, yeah, we definitely can touch and we are going to speak that on you as you progress, as you walk in your truth. I pray that you remember every time you have doubt that God loved you and wanted this dream so bad and so deeply for you that he's told it to you in your darkest moment. Yeah, so so may your faith never waver. May you never doubt that this is your path. Thank you. So this Saturday, you can brunch with anybody in the world. And it doesn't just have to be one person, dead or alive. Who are you brunching with? Oh, alive? Oh, alive? alive. Dead or alive. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to choose alive. And then I'm going to say... Um, Tracy Ellis Ross and I, I like hopefully somewhere out there she's listening to your podcast hey and Tracy <laughs> I, know, right? I, I am not like a I don't go like googly eyed or star eyed over people I really don't because I just feel like we're all we all I mean I, I want to um, acknowledge people's you know uh, gifts and you know all the amazing things they've done I have done but I, I just I'm not a star eyed person right so but but Tracy Ellis Ross, for whatever reason, I just love her so much. I don't, I don't even know. Like, it's so weird. Oh. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed <laughs> with her. So if I, oh, like, I want, I'm like, she's my best friend. Like, in my mind. And I know it sounds creepy and I kind of sound weird. But it's okay. Like, I'm totally okay with that. I know who I am. I'm confident in that. I know that I don't want to hurt her. <laughs> I just want to. Clarify. Clarify. <laughs> or like have a coffee or a drink or like just something you know just hang out no I love I love that you chose her because she's definitely a person I admire I admire women who use their platforms or who just speak up for the underdog I forget a platform I've been I've been the same chick I am now since the day I was born seriously um 
just she's just I'm just a little bit I know how to be quiet now in some moments you can't tell because I'm talking on this podcast but I do know when to not say what I'm thinking in most cases but I I really enjoy I enjoyed Home Girlfriends she was really the reason why I started watching it and then looking at her journey how she is on in her space and how she repped at the awards and wore all the black designers and said what yes I just love how, again, I think it's just that confidence. She's also a goofball, and I feel like I am too, you know? Like, she, right. she doesn't take herself too seriously, but she's very serious, you know? Yeah. And very confident. She makes no apologies for who she is. She just is who she is, and I love that about her. So, yeah. Tracy, All right, Tracy. Tracy. We love you. Yes, Tracy, we want to have brunch. I, I, I'm inviting myself. We want to have brunch, Tracy. So, what area of your life are you currently slaying? slaying Ooh, um what area of my life am i slaying nothing (laughs) (laughs) i'm not slaying anything i'm keeping it real it's thank you streets is that what this out that's how we say it right Right? it's hard out here yes hard out here i i am gonna keep it real with y'all i am not slaying anything right now i am doing the best i can at everything i am doing and i am you know how you, that the illustration of like a juggler juggling all the balls and then all of a sudden he loses one and then everything else just falls. Yeah. That's where I am right now, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> oh yeah. As Kendrick Lamar would say, we're going to be all right. Right. Yeah, going to be all right. So, um, I gotta know where can people follow you? How can they support you? Yeah. Um, following me. So you can check out the blog at restorationhouseblog.com. You can follow me on Instagram where I am most of the time at restoration house and um what was the last thing you said <laughs> yeah how can they support you so where can they find the book so you can you can order the book right now if uh you can pre-order it or you can order it after um at amazon barnes and noble hopefully there'll be more um lifeway christianbook.com uh just google restoration house book and it'll pull up all these little amazing outlets and ways that you can order the book, but those are some of the ways um, right now. There will be more for sure after the book releases. All right. Well, guys, you know that I'm going to tell you right now, you're listening to the show. If you enjoyed this conversation, I'm going to charge you with go ahead, going ahead to Kanisha's platform on Instagram and following her page. Give her feed 30 days. I guarantee you will not unfollow. Um, anytime anybody's sharing their stuff like this, you're going to love it. I, I just There's just good vibes all over it. So go ahead and follow her. And Kanisha, I want to thank you sincerely from my heart for taking time out of your schedule, for um, coming on the show. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for humoring me and just being a part of the Brunch and Slay podcast. Thank you. So fun. Thank you for having me. Well, y'all, if you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy tonight, and it, I don't know what time you listen to it. I usually listen in the morning. So if you enjoy the show, then go ahead and share it on social media, whatever platform you use, we're there. So just tag us so we can give you a proper thank you and hello. Uh, and no matter what, I guess I just want you guys to remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm Amira, and this is Brunch and Slay.